Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is episode number 110. And we've had a bit of a a strange week, I suppose, but we've had a week that's opened up for us in the schedule, haven't we? We have. We have. It doesn't happen very often, it but we but we have. Which is which is good for us. <laughs> it's good for us because it's given us the opportunity <laughs> to have a discussion based on last week's episode, actually. A recorded discussion. We've had many a discussion on this topic over the last week. Well, yeah, we have actually, because it really got my my mental juices flowing. But in last week's hostful episode, we answered a whole heap of awesome listener questions. And the one that seems to have resonated the most, maybe perhaps slightly unexpectedly, was Joshua's question about zombie the zombie apocalypse and how slow living can help us to survive that so we answered we answered part of that question last in last week's episode it was the last yeah last question and it was fun it was it really was fun and i think that maybe other people thought it was fun too but we did decide on our weapon of choice Mm -hmm. golf club golf club for ben the long-handled secateurs for me because that kind of ties into the things that are important in our lives now. And then also in terms of, you know, having to protect ourselves from flesh-eating zombies. But we wanted to maybe spend some time exploring this theme a little bit deeper. And yes, granted, slow living and zombies don't necessarily seem like they're related. But we've done a bit of research. And by research, I mean watching Shaun of the Dead clips. Yes. And it turns out that there might be more in common between slow living and surviving the zombie apocalypse than possibly it seems on face value. (laughs) So that's why we wanted to to, to devote a whole episode to how slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. Let's go. feels like a bit of an essay or a dissertation and we've split it up into five sections or five reasons why slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. The first reason is all around the theme of priority and taking Brooke's phrase, you need to understand your why. So Brooke, tell us, why, why is it important to get your priorities straight when zombies are roaming the streets? Well, I think that there's a few reasons. If you have your priorities messed up at this point in time during the zombie apocalypse, you will probably get eaten. I feel like that's a pretty good reason to to have done some forward thinking in terms of what's important in your life. But to tie it back to slow living, I, I actually I talk about the importance of understanding and discovering and doing the work to know your why. Because from there, everything else becomes easier. It becomes easier to let go of clutter. It becomes easier to say yes to things and say no to things. It genuinely is my number one tip. Before I talk about anything practical, I always suggest that people do the work to figure out what's truly important in their life. And that becomes their reason. That becomes all reasons. And I think that 
you know, if you're faced with something as terrifying as a zombie apocalypse, you probably would be able to crystallize those reasons down into one or two really important things. Almost certainly, which would be people, relationships, community maybe, but it's almost always going to be around people. So when, you know, the rubber hits the road and the, the horde is coming, you know what's important. You know who to grab. You know who to hold close. And you also know who you're living for and who you're protecting mm. when things get messy and scary. So I think if you have those priorities aligned ahead of time, which slow living is all about figuring that stuff out over time and figuring out what's important, you're going to be in a much better position, firstly, to protect those people and also to make decisions based on their protection and survival. But don't you think that that would come naturally for most people, not that the, not for those who are all about slow living? Isn't a, isn't a priority about protecting your loved ones just inbuilt? Almost it's, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But in saying that... But we needed a, a, a first reason and that was it. No, no, but, but in saying that, that was the most common reason that people... We've been talking about this on Facebook this week. That was the most, the, the most common reason that people gave for slow living to help in the survival during an apocalypse. It would be because I know what's important. I've already done the work. I've got rid of the clutter. I've got rid of the excess. So the things that I have are things that... You know, that, well, in this instance, it doesn't matter if they bring you joy, but necessarily maybe you want them to bring you ability in killing zombies. But, you know, people, that was the, the most common thing that people responded with. I know what's important. And you do see, I mean, in movies, so it's not real life. And I've never actually been in any kind of apocalyptic situation. Mm, yet. <laughs> yet. But... You do see people like carting stuff around, you know, the silver, the family silverware, for example, or an heirloom, or I don't, I've just finished reading All the Light We Cannot See. And at the beginning of that book, they talk about people on the road who are leaving Paris and they're, they're carting their, like their physical possessions with them, none of which would necessarily help you in that situation. But we feel like we need to take stuff with us. And I think that if you've done the headwork of letting go of the excess, you've, you've kind of put stuff in its place of importance, which is way down. Mm. Not to say that you can't enjoy it now, pre-apocalypse time, or keep some of it during the apocalypse, particularly if it's going to be helpful, but you don't, like you're not, your identity isn't tied to your stuff, so you're not going to carry it with you when you could put that chair down and carry a bag full of food instead. Yeah, I totally get it. And it, I suppose it also takes away the risk later when you know, the, your core group, you know, your, your purpose, your priority, they start saying, well, we should do this instead. And you just go back to your priority and say, look, no, this is, this is our single overarching priority. Everyone needs to work to this. Because we know in The Walking Dead when the group splits up, that's when stuff goes down. Yeah, that's when people die. That's when people die. That's so true. When they get away from their their single goal of like finding safe haven mm. and just staying there, and then they they either get greedy or they get embroiled in some kind of turf war. That's when bad stuff happens. So it takes the guesswork and the and the conflict out of it. If only Rick had listened to this before everything went down. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Let's get on to the second reason, the second theme, and that's all about preparation, which we've sort of touched on but you know basically it's all about the essentials exactly 
You've figured out, you've done the head work to establish what the essentials are in life. And in this instance, it would be food. It would be some form of shelter or protection and probably like weaponry. But as someone very wisely pointed out in on the Facebook. On the Facebook. On the, fa- on the, on Facebook. the Facebook, which you can find on the internets, that a lot of slow living is kind of really quite closely tied with sustainability and self-sufficiency. So a lot of people who have uh, adopted a slower lifestyle have, have either started to grow some of their own food or at least they understand how that works and the importance of being able to become self-sufficient. But let's say you have a suburban house and you have a small veggie patch. You might have some chickens. You might even have uh, solar panels. The coming kind of zombie apocalypse you can pretty much just fortify your suburban home and survive in that suburban home for a while. You get eggs from your chickens, you get food from the veggie garden, but it might not be very fulfilling. Or diverse. Or, or di- but, but. But this is a, a zombie apocalypse. That's right. We can't, we can't be you know, picky about what we eat. Survivors can't be choosers. That's right. And then I guess the other side of it is... With slow living and, you know, growing your own food, a lot of people do, uh, they preserve their harvest. You know, they might have a cellar or they might do pickling or they might, you know, make things that keep for a long period of time and they've got that hidden away in the cupboard. So you kind of got that prepper, you know, the doomsday prepper thing. Mm. You've kind of got that, that element to it as well. So you could potentially add a couple more weeks of survival time to your, you know, to your timeline there. Let me just... Uh... Go and check on this dog. <laughs> okay, let's let's come back a little bit because I think we're getting into that third f- theme a little bit. But with the preparation, do you also think that a slow house and you know when we we talk about you know not needing extras, you know it's all about decluttering yes. and consolidating, and and as a result, you might live in a smaller house yeah. that I think is probably better equipped. To deal with a zombie apocalypse because you think of like Herschel's farm in The Walking Dead, how it's like sprawling and there's like so many entry points and, you know, weak points and all that sort of thing. I just think like a smaller house and a smaller area would be better because you'd be able to quickly fortify any issues that weaknesses that would happen That's because true. of the zombies fewer windows to like to board over yeah fewer doors to man yeah i like your thinking see tiny homes tiny homes that's what their I, I guess that's what i was talking about yeah because you've got one door and one room and if a zombie's trying to get in you'll be aware of it yeah hmm, i like that you're but you're right too you would have decluttered your home hmm. and someone <laughs> someone told me that one of the major reasons that people seem to die in The Walking Dead is because they walk into a house and they trip over random crap on the floor. Oh, yes. Like the number of people who have been mauled because they trip over a kettle or something that someone's just dropped there in the middle of the floor. Get stuck in furniture (laughs) and drop something on their foot. Alerting the zombies to their presence there. The zombies hear them, the zombies rush them, they die. Mm. So had you decluttered before the apocalypse, that mightn't have happened. See, there's another reason to get rid of the excess stuff. I think that is actually very, very important. Equally important is our third theme, which is all about self-sufficiency. And you spoke about being able to grow your own food. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were talking about chickens and, um, yeah, livestock and all that sort of thing. 
What are some of the other really important things that I that people that are living a slower life understand more about self-sufficiency? So I think like people who live a slower life understand the essentials. And as I mentioned before, those essentials are really basic. So shelter, somewhere that you can lock yourself away, stay out of the elements and also avoid the masses. Food doesn't, again, doesn't need to be flashy, doesn't need to be fancy or varied. It just needs to keep you alive. And protection. So I think those things are super, and power and energy would be, you think about a world where all the infrastructure has failed because there's no one there to run it or maintain it. Yeah. Can you imagine how how important and how uh, valuable it would be to have solar power mm. or like a heat pump or some some other kind of off the grid? Does Alexandria again? Sorry, another Walking Dead reference. Does that do they do they have solar panels? Yes. Yeah. Because it was. If, I don't know if you remember, but it was built as an off the grid kind of community. Yeah. And okay. it was never one hundred percent finished. I don't think. Yeah. Before the the zombies hit, and then they just fortified it. And it was pretty much self-sufficient. Like it had places to grow food and it had big, pan- right. big banks of solar panels as well. So that's why they lasted as long as they did. Well, exactly. Yeah. But that's also why they come under attack, which is the other thing, mm. I suppose. Mm. Because other people want what they have. But I'm not getting into that particular... Uh, no, we're not getting into that. The politics of it. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've sort of covered self-sufficiency. So the fourth theme is all about mental strength Mm. and this is one pretty close to you so tell us why that's really important well i think some of these the skills that you have you can potentially develop as a person who is you know trying to live a slower more intentional more mindful life could actually help keep you sane during something like this genuinely and also would help you find like pockets of calm and clarity where everything is full of panic and terror. So there's, I mean, two kind of elements to that. Meditation, which is more the specific practice of sitting down and finding that quiet or that ability to let your thoughts just drift in and out without actually engaging with them. And I know myself, again, not been in a zombie situation before, but have been in stressful situations and the fact that I've been learning to meditate this year has given me greater scope to deal with stressful situations without actually becoming stressed, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, I don't lose my head like I used to. Mm. I'm able to kind of just take half a step back, see what's going on, see what my thoughts are doing, see what my you know propensity is to which action, and then figure out which one is actually going to be the most helpful. So it sort of gives you this really rapid-fire analytical ability to to judge a, like a, a situation, a stressful situation, and say, I don't know if that would help or not, but I'd like to think that it would. I think so. <laughs> the other side of it then is when you're safe, like when you're relatively safe, if you're in your little compound or if you're, you know, you've found an RV or something and there seems to be no walkers Immediate around, threats. No, immediate threats. You can practice little moments of mindfulness. Really, you can just... Focus on how beautiful the flower is or the sunshine or the fact that you're not being chased right this second. 
You could be grateful for fresh water or an apple tree that you discovered on a farm in the middle of nowhere. You know, and just practice those moments of mindfulness and find little tiny beauties in amidst the absolute ruination of society. Again, I, I, I think that that element, especially in The Walking Dead, whenever a character's looking up at the sky and birds and trees, a zombie just comes and attacks them. So just make sure <laughs> that you've got a scout or a lookout while you're doing your yeah, mindfulness there be exercises. Some kind of roster of mindfulness, and you've got your, your guards who are on guard, get it, they're guarded, and then you've got your people practicing mindfulness and you take turns. I will say, though, if you're deci- you've decided to kind of look at the flowers, don't do it while Carol's around. No, exactly. Mental strength, I think, also would help when dealing with zombies. Yeah, see, this is, you mean in terms of killing them? Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually like saying you're... You don't really kill. Well, they're dead. They're reanimated the, corpses. Yeah, you can't really kill something that's already dead. That's the bit that I don't know how I would go with in uh, in the zombie apocalypse because I I think that's probably one of the reasons where slow living will be bad for you mm. in the zombie because you're very compassionate. You know, I think as you learn to live a more intentional, mindful, open-hearted kind of life, which I think is all tied to to the idea of slow living in a less practical way, but in a more kind of spiritual way. You become more compassionate mm. and that might make it harder but to then, make the difficult calls, which is to put, you know, a weapon through. Again, go back to your priority. Well, that's true. Your single overarching priority is to protect those and the ones that you love. Well, that would be me. But so anything that gets in the way of that need to be dealt with. That's very true. I like that. See, so like, it makes a tough decision slightly less tough yeah because you know what's important yeah the other thing though and this this might be controversial part of me <laughs> watching things like um like the walking dead but even other like post-apocalyptic or dystopian future fictions and movies and things like that i see the way that the environment rebounds when the vast majority of the population has been wiped out <laughs> And it interests me to see what would happen, not that I'm wishing it would happen, but I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what would happen to the planet if something like that occurred and how, I don't know, how much of an impact we are having on the planet mm. and how much, how quickly and how, how, you know, beautifully nature would reclaim things. I don't know. I find that really interesting. Someone once mentioned, once mentioned to me that there was a book or a series of books about that. And I can't for life rem- me remember what the author's name was or what the titles of the books were. So if anyone listening knows that, please let me know because I've been mm. trying to find it. I'd just love to know what the earth would do and how people would then have mm. to relearn how to survive. I mean, Margaret Atwood's books talk about that quite uh, a lot, particularly the Oryx and Crake trilogy, the Mad Adam trilogy. But uh, that's not zombies specifically, but it is an apocalypse. Well, if it's not zombies, it has no place in this podcast. <laughs> I'm very sorry. The fifth theme on why slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> like, just, just, do you feel ridiculous every yep. time you say it? <laughs> that's why I keep saying it. <laughs> it's all about your, um, your fitness and health and the priority that you give to fitness and health when you are... Um, you know, you, you're living, you're slowing down, you're living a more intentional life. So give us some examples of that. 
So a big part of slow living for a lot of people, again, not universal, but a lot of people generally over time will start focusing more on their their health and their fitness. They might start going for longer walks. They might pick up running or yoga or going to the gym or swimming or something, you know, some kind of physical activity that brings them joy and that helps them to really connect with their bodies and, you know, feeling well and healthy. So a big part of that in terms of the zombie apocalypse is that your physical fitness will be at a higher level than it might have been without slow living. So you will potentially be able to run a little bit longer or a little bit faster. You might be able to kick a door open when needed or scale a fence. Yeah, nice. Carry heavy things like cans of food or potentially weapons. <laughs> all the cans of food I have are so heavy. <laughs> if you have a hundred of them. It's true. Who's to say when you stumble across an unlooted grocery store? Yeah, you might go to Audi. <laughs> yeah, you might go to Audi. Or Costco. Yeah. <laughs> Just keeping it international. Yeah, Costco sorry, I had to, had to throw Costco in there. But I think that, like, that you would have more, um, what's the word, stamina. Mm. The more, endurance. More endurance. So I think that that's something to not discount. Also, people who you know try living a slower life often focus on more nutrient-rich foods. So oh, again, you can have much en- more energy. More energy. Maybe they would be, they would have maybe a stronger immune system so that if there's an infection or something like that, that they pick up on the road, obviously there's not going to be antibiotics and medicines readily available, but Mm. maybe their bodies would be more equipped to fight off little, you know, little problem illnesses. Mm. See, it's another way that slow living will help you survive the zombie apocalypse. So they're the five themes in our dissertation of how slow living can help you survive a zombie apocalypse. I'm sure there's many more. We'd love to hear from you guys on other reasons why. But before we go, we thought we'd just leave you with what I'm calling the meta thought of the day. And that's to put yourself in or empathize with the zombies. So put yourself in the the head of a zombie. Think about this. Zombies are actually the ones that are living a slower life. Look, from most of them are actually moving and, and, and operating at a slow pace. They talk slowly. <laughs> they walk slowly. And they've also got this single focus, this single-minded focus. And I won't go into exactly what that is, but at least they're single-tasking. They are, they're the ultimate single-tasking. Aren't they? You know, they're not all about the rat race. They're not all about keeping up with the Joneses, unless the Joneses', Joneses brains are in front of them. But they're not, they're, they're just, they're not about, you know, keeping up with people. They're not about possessions. They're all about, you know, focusing on the task at hand and getting it done. They're free and easy. Aren't they? Zombies, they really are. They don't really have a care in the world. So anyway, that sort of flips the argument on its proverbial undead head so i think the takeaway here is no matter which side of the apocalypse you're on Mm. you might find yourself a zombie Mm. which would be unfortunate for yourself and everyone who you love but like there's there's a silver lining there you know you get to live a completely free and easy focused goal-oriented life lived at a slow pace usually Mm -hmm. i think that you know there's something to be gained in that 
But the other side, which is, you know, I'm an advocate for, is adopting your slow living practices into life during the apocalypse. And then once maybe someone comes up with a cure, right? I don't know what that might be. But if the zombies all just disappear or stop being a problem overnight. Or stop being zombies. Or stop being zombies, that's right. You'll be able to help contribute to the rebirth of society. Mm. Mm. This is the other thing. And you'll be able to contribute to that being, you know, a, a, a much less materialistic, uh, you know, society. It will be much more focused on community, self-sustainability. Yeah. So I think that's... Nice. Yeah. This is good. This is a good conclusion. I, I think it's a good conclusion to our dissertation. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was, that was well done by me. <laughs> The references to this dissertation will be included in the um, show in notes. The show. Nice. Um, and all the the work that the, the the whole heap of work that we've done in putting this together. <laughs> <laughs> many many hours, many hours spent. So thanks, Joshua. That was that was fun. And thanks to all the listeners for giving us the ammunition, permission <laughs> to do this whole podcast on this theme. It was, it was lots of fun. All right, enjoy the rest of your week, guys. Back to normal <laughs> programming as of next week. As of next week. Never fear. So, yeah, head, actually head to the show notes, slowyourhome.com slash 110. We will have links to a few of our favorite zombie movies, um, comics, etc. And head over to Facebook if you want to continue talking about it. In the meantime, have a cracking week. Bye.